0: Welcome to Stop Hack and Roll, a podcast about giving into our terrible will and telling all of your friends about this podcast. I'm James.
1: And I'm Brandon. Today we're going to be creating the feature and a couple of other moves for the wielder, a new playbook for masks, a new generation.
0: So before we really get into anything too detailed about what we're talking about this episode, I want to talk about these dice I just bought (laughs) because (laughs) it was one of the best experiences purchasing something online that I've ever had, as well as some of the coolest dice I've ever purchased. Um, And this all started when I stumbled onto, I'm just going to shout out a whole bunch of people here who I promise are not like paying me.
1: I was going to say you cannot do that unless they are paying you. Um,
0: But I started following Drop the uh, Die. Oh, I I, love Drop the Die, actually. (laughs) and, 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 And he wrote a really great D6 roundup uh going over like which d6s are the best um and so I kind of read through that one and I found uh a couple of sets of d uh, d6s that I think are look really cool and okay. and I've I've kind of I've wanted to buy a nice pair of me- uh, metal dice for a while and I have a set but they're they they ended up being a little too heavy I think
1: mm, uh yeah. and they don't
0: really roll very well
1: I've got a pair of uh I've got I think four metal dice that don't roll super well so I
0: bought these um I believe they're aluminum, um, like gothica style dice from diehard dice. Um, and I just had the best experience buying dice from them. They had a little uh, thing in the checkout where you say like, how did you hear about us? Uh, and if you say, if you fill out like wh- how you heard about them, they'll give you a free gift. And I was like, sweet. I'll like, I'll shout out this drop the die guy who wrote a really great review. And then maybe they'll send me a sticker yeah, or something. They sent me a whole set of dice. <laughs> Oh, awesome! <laughs> so they, got, they sent me the two metal dice that I, I I purchased, and then a whole set of like polymer dice, which admittedly are not that expensive, but still, that was pretty cool. Yeah, Free set of um, and, dice. And, and, that's and they shipped super fast. And these metal dice, they look exactly like the picture. Um, I'll post some pictures if you've been in the Discord. I've been or on follow me on Twitter. I've been raving about them. They just like are pretty much
1: perfect. They're really slick looking.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I have another set coming. Uh, cause I bought a set that has, um, I don't know how to explain this, that there's like an, like there's a core D6 that is the intersection and then the, the rounded like curved corners around it are another die and they're like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's basically a solid core of aluminum with a roll cage of aluminum around it. Okay. Um, And it's, it's a very cool looking, I haven't gotten those yet.
1: Um, and I'm very excited. Is that a two d6 and a single d6 or
0: no it's just it's each one is its own d6 okay okay just wanted to be sure that sounded really weird no no no. i've seen those two though um where you have two d6 in one die but no these are two separate dice uh and each one of them has its own roll cage the roll cage is just there to like help randomize more i guess i don't really know it's it's hard they look like they look really cool okay cool i got i nerded out about reading about dice the other day (laughs) If you haven't read any of the the drop the die
1: articles, um they are phenomenal. He does some really good stuff. I like it. So let's hit the ground running. Unless we have sure, any more business. Sure, sure.
0: I don't think so. Um we got a couple new Patreon followers. We'll talk we'll say their names later. Um and because of that we're gonna have to uh I mean not because of that, but um and so it just reminded me that we need to get our our, our, our stuff in gear yeah. and rebuild the, the Kickstarter or the, the Patreon a little bit and the Patreon a little bit. And uh, that'll probably come out. I was realizing we're coming up on, um, I think, our... Well, but we're both coming up on the anniversary of the show. Yeah. Um, and the anniversary of us launching the Patreon last year. And oh, yeah. So I think uh, it'll be appropriate for with that one year anniversary to kind of like roll out a new version of the Patreon with a yeah. bunch of different levels and and in
1: probably incorporate some Protean City stuff. Improve stuff because we've really not done a great job with it.
0: Yeah, and and I've but I've been doing some talking to people about what kind of things they want from the Patreon. And so like if you are listening to this and you are thinking about if you are a Patreon backer or you are thinking about backing us, um, reach out and tell me what kind of things that you would be interested in in getting in exchange for backing us because uh we're kind of hitting this point where like we ha I, I went and did the uh um a a budget kind of uh, layout from last year to see like what did we spend every month on hosting and what did and and what did we get from the Patreon and we're getting to the point where we are like easily covering all of our hosting I mean we've been easily covering for a while but we're getting to the point where the like the spillover extra that we've been collecting is enough that we can look into running ads or buying better microphones and that sort of thing yeah so I'm excited
1: yeah really what we want to do is always be aiming towards expanding what the podcast network is doing Mm -hmm. And uh, so, working out what is the next step, where's the next jump, is uh, up next. I've been looking at some Twitch stuff. I've got some interest (laughs) in some Twitch stuff. All right. All right. We'll have to say. We'll have to say. I'll be down for that. In any case, shall we jump into our topic? Yeah, I think we should. Cool. So, what we shall. I think we shall. So, what we are working on today is really doing some nitty gritty stuff with the wielder. Which is your upcoming, uh, which is your playbook. upcoming playbook for Masks to New Generation by Brendan Conway, published by Magpie Games.
0: Yep, and I have done some. I like. I don't know if you saw this notes document that I pulled up. Oh, uh, you but mean I, the
1: insane list of everybody who's ever wielded anything.
0: <laughs> yeah. I went through the I spent a lot of time with the superhero Wikia, and I just went through every hero who could possibly be who could possibly be considered someone who was wielding something. Um <laughs> and and, and thought about, made a big list of, like, these are the characters who I want to include and try to make a playbook to play that character. Okay. Here are the ones that are not. And then I started just taking some notes on, there's a whole bunch of really great articles on the power listings. It's the Superpower Wikia. Okay. About symbiotic weapons and symbiotic connections between people. Um and uh, un- everything from uh, empathetic we- empathetic weapons to angelic symbiosis to unholy vessels to demonic conduits and personality sharing and super suits and stuff. And I just started taking notes. And then I, because this this playbook is ultimately about bullying, uh, I bought a couple books on bullying and I I need to get through reading them, but I sort of have flipped through them and pulled out some things, some notes on that. So I have a pretty good idea of where I want the playbook to go. But the one thing that I'm kind of like, that I've really sort of uh, stalled out on, because I just kind of don't know how to poke and prod at, at uh, pl- uh, Powered by the Apocalypse, ga- the engine, Quite as well as you do, um, which is that I do not have not figured out yet how I want the the feature, the the actual thing that you're wielding to mechanically work. I have some good some good stuff for for the moves, but there's that big like, how does this tool you have actually work? Yeah, and I'm perfect. hoping that we can brainstorm some stuff and you can like, I know you've said in the past that you've had some ideas and so hopefully we can work through some of that and then uh, and we can kind of, and, th- and th- that will be a good example for people who are looking at hacking uh, masks in particular, but also any power by the Apocalypse game and how to build a cool thing in a playbook.
1: Here's hoping. Uh, so I just want to quickly call out a little bit of kind of terminology as we start jumping into this. There are specific terms that tend to be used in most Powered by the Apocalypse games. It's m- doesn't really matter an enormous amount, but it's good in terms of figuring out how we're talking about what is in a playbook. Um, for masks, there's a section called Abilities, which I think you've come up with some stuff already, and that mm-hmm. is essentially the narrative stuff that your character is able to do. Um, in masks, if you are playing Superboy, One of your abilities is super strength. There's not like a role that's connected to it. It's just you have super strength and that is a thing that you possess that you can use. Additionally, there are things called moves, which each playbook has, uh, I think, five to seven-ish. And basically what those are are things that you choose. And importantly, other playbooks can also choose those moves. So what that means is it has to be something that other playbooks could theoretically have a use for. So, for example, the beacon playbook has um, has a move that gives them a pet, and anyone can take that move, so any superhero can have a pet. Uh, it, it doesn't matter that it is the beacon in order for that pet to occur, and like so it's themed off of what the beacon story tends to be, but it isn't so core and central to the beacon that you can't have a beacon that doesn't have it, and you can't have someone else that has it that isn't a beacon.
0: That's interesting. I will definitely need to go back and relook at my moves then. Well, that's because okay. I did,
1: I, I did not plan for that, but <laughs> it's good to know. I mean, admittedly, some playbooks are more easy to dip into than others. Uh, The Innocent actually is a playbook that is really bad at being dipped into because almost all of its moves have to do with an older alternate version of yourself. (laughs) So most people don't have that. Um, The Protege is also a little bit tough to dip into, and that's okay. But what's really core and important is that the moves are not things that fully define the playbook, that are not necessary for it to be that thing. If the bull, if every bull had to take a specific set of moves in order to tell the story of the bull, then those are not good moves. Um, You can have playbooks that have a required move, but it's good to also give some options to the player in terms of what they're choosing when they make their character. Mm -hmm. There's also some playbooks like the Nova that don't have moves. They have uh, just one enormous, huge feature. Or the the um, the Doomed doesn't
0: have a move, really.
1: Uh, I'm trying to remember if the Doomed has a move. I'm not sure if it does or not. I,
0: I play the Doomed. The <laughs> Doomed does not have a move. But mechanically, the Doomed has their Doom, which is the things that make them progress along the Doom track. They've got the Doom signs, which are kind of moves, I guess. But um, but, but they, they are, can't they're, be
1: picked up by another character. As an advancement.
0: And then you have the Sanctuary, which is another feature that can't be picked up. So, yeah, you're pretty limited. Um.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, And then if you actually look at the the Janus, which is the very next playbook, it chooses three moves, but one of the moves is already chosen. You have Mm -hmm. to have the mask in order to be the Janus. That said, someone else could take the move, the mask, and not be completely taking over what the Janus is. Yeah. Does that make sense? hmm hmm mm-hmm. a- And then the last thing, which I think is what we're going to be really trying to focus in on a lot to start out, is a feature. A feature mm-hmm. is a core piece of the playbook that other playbooks generally don't have access to. So it's something that kind of makes the playbook really special. A really good example of this is in Urban Shadows, the uh, wizard has a wizard sanctuary. And you're able to do enormous, super powerful, ridiculous spells in that sanctuary so other people can't get it. Because that is a wizard thing, period. Yeah, or in Masks. I mean, pretty much a lot of
0: the playbooks and Masks have their own sort of special feature. Yeah. Like, the, the Legacy is one, the Protégé is one, that they have people who are, like, training them or, in, or, or the, who
1: relate to them in some way. Yeah, the Beacon has one, the Bull has one. I think the only ones from the core playbooks that don't are the Delinquent and the Outsider.
0: The Transformed doesn't have any uh, features. Oh, you're
1: right, the Transformed also does not. Um... But basically what it is, is it's something that without this feature, without this set of rules, and these rules can break the mechanics and break the rules a little bit more than a, a simple move can, uh, you are not the blank. You know, like if you, if you do not have your mentor's resources, you are not the protege, because the protege is about balancing your relationship with your mentor and using the resources that you have at it, at their disposal.
0: Another great example of this sort of inaction that I like to talk about and point to is the Nerds on a Roll podcast, which is another Masks actual play podcast. Mm -hmm. And they have a character who starts out as a Janice, but through the storytelling, he loses his secret identity. And yeah. because that secret identity is a feature of the playbook, it starts to really like not fit for him to be the Janus, yeah. so they transition him to another playbook.
1: Exactly. If you are playing the protege and your mentor dies, then you no <laughs> yeah. longer are the protege. You are something yeah. different. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that's one of the really interesting, cool ways that uh, that mechanics and narrative have to play together in the mask space. I love it.
0: Yeah, if you are playing the doomed and the thing that dooms you just decides to give up and like walk away and not hurt you anymore. uh,
1: You're literally not the doomed anymore. Yeah. You can't
0: be. That that could happen. Yeah. Hopefully.
1: (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Wink. (laughs) Yeah, actually, even the doomed even says when you confront your doom, if you survive, change playbooks. So Mm -hmm. like if you are no longer doomed, you are not the doomed. Yeah. Uh, And anyone else isn't doomed they might have someone who is interested in going after them but they don't have the features of the doomed that make them the doomed Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i think personally that the wielder probably would benefit from some kind of a feature
0: yes absolutely
1: there are specific things about the wielder that are important enough that every wielder should have them Mm -hmm. And are complicated enough that I think players should be making choices under the feature of the wielder.
0: Yes. That is true. (laughs) Um, And specifically, because I've done some thinking about this, which is that... So, the feature of the wielder, obviously, is the thing they wield. To me, obviously, at least. Okay. Um, And so, the feature needs to do a couple things... Uh, from an aesthetic point of view, it needs to establish what the thing is. Okay. Is it a car? Is it a, is it a hammer? Is
1: it a whatever? Um, looking at what you have right now, I'm seeing that that is currently under abilities also.
0: I just wrote that up there Okay. notes.
1: Um, yeah, there's a possibility that you want different abilities that you want, Maybe even two sections in terms of like kind of the look of your character. One that says, what does your wielded item look like? Is it a ring? Mm -hmm. Is it a vehicle? Is it a weapon? And one that is, what does your wielded thing give you? Does it give you strength? Does it give you the power of imagination? Does it give you the heart of the cards?
0: Yeah, so I think that the the sort of what is the power it grants you that will be up in abilities, but the what is it? What does it look like? What is okay. the form it takes? That should be part of the the feature. And then another big part of of like the core of this playbook is the real because this is pulling heavily from Thor and Venom and uh, the Blue Beetle yeah. and characters who have there there that and and it's a kind of a weird line that I'm walking, but the. Sometimes the for like for Thor, Thor's hammer is not literally sentient. Yeah, but it does have a set of requirements. I think you must usually. embody. Uh, it's usually uh, and so you have a set of a, a, a set of requirements that it it requires of you to to embody in order for you to be able to wield this hammer. Right. Versus something like Venom, or in like Young Justice, the Blue Beetle suit, mm-hmm. which is a literally sentient thing yeah. that communicates with the the wielder and tells them what to do. It pushes them in the direction that it wants them to 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 to. to it pushes them towards those same sort of goals and and attributes that it would like them to embody. Yeah, uh, and and so in some ways that this, I I think this is going to play out a lot like the. Um, the protege in the way that the protege has a label they embody and a label they deny. Okay. And so a lot of your relationship is around that. But I think that where the... The difference is, and this is why I pulled out some some books and notes on bullying, which is where the the protege's mentor is there to sort of train them and push them towards being a better hero. Yeah. is not necessarily the end goal of whatever this object is that you're wielding. Okay. And that the relationship there is not so much teacher and student, but bully and bullied.
1: Yeah, it's more about being told specifically what to do. And having yeah. harsh consequences come down when you don't. Yeah, and and those things will take. It's it's less like
0: the um the 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 way that that a mentor might say you need to stop and think about things before you run into battle, uh, because you are you're superior. You're not this like foolhardy person. Yeah. Um, but the wielder, like the wielders the wielder's relationship with their item is gonna be a lot more like, hey, go punch that kid. They're talking to the person you have a crush on. You shouldn't stand for that. Or why don't you just speak your mind and tell this adult how you feel? Or, uh, you gonna let someone talk to you like that? Or I guess gimme your lunch money? <laughs> or something like that. Um there it's gonna be more in the moment. It's gonna be more pushing them pushing you to be their image of you
1: okay cool so i think that allows that gives me some interesting ideas in how to push the feature so i think it sounds like the feature needs to include triggers fictionally of when the wielder of when the is is there a name for the wielded item the item i
0: haven't settled on one yet
1: okay Let's stick with item for now. Or I've wh- just been calling it the item. Yeah. So I think we need the feature to include triggers for the item in terms of when it basically wakes up and tells you to do something. And I think that there's two different ways we can do that. Um, picking from a list or writing in events. And I think either of those can be fun. I think it can be fun having a little laundry list like the beacon has.
0: And so, so I th- yeah, so it needs a trigger. Um and I think that along with that trigger is the, what does it want you to embody?
1: Yeah. And I think what it wants you to embody might be specific to labels, but it doesn't necessarily need to be.
0: Yeah, because I see those things as being more, less, I mean, maybe, I hadn't thought about them being in a, being that associated with the labels, but then being more things like the Venom suit wants you to... Uh, Like, do whatever your primal heart desires. Yeah. The Thor's hammer wants you to always tell the truth. The Blue Beetle suit wants you to never step down. It doesn't want people to, like, walk all over you, ironically.
1: Yeah, and I think that that is maybe where this is different from the protege. Mm -hmm. Um, That for the protege, you're more or less picking a general idea. And with the wielder, it's specific things that the item doesn't stand for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that the item essentially has like a little list of commands that when those events occur, we know the item is going to do something
0: because some of the things that I want to specifically happen when you were playing this playbook are those, I don't know. You haven't gotten to the second season of young justice yet. Have you? I haven't. I'm still making my okay. way through. <laughs> um, but there are moments in the second season of young justice where Jaime Reyes, who is wearing this Blue Beetle suit, uh, the, the Blue Beetle suit would be like, that thing is a threat to you. Attack them right now. Lasers, go. Yeah. And then he has to, like, talk them down and say, no, 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 that is that is a hero. They were just, like, they were being stern with me, but I, like, I deserved that a little bit. I did act a little bit crazy. Um, I'm just a kid. Like, they're supposed to be leading me. I shouldn't attack them. And, and he has to have this, like, inner monologue with the suit to sort of prevent it from pushing him to do something that he doesn't want to do.
1: Right. So I think that that sounds to me... So here's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like we have triggers possibly chosen from a list, and then we have a role of some kind that has to do with how the player... Or a move of some kind. It doesn't necessarily need to be a role, I guess. Um, A move of some kind that has to do with either accepting what the item is telling you to do, in mm-hmm. which case you're probably gaining something by doing it, like you're getting some relief from the negative uh, feelings connected to the item, or you going against the item and making a roll or doing a move that ha- that has to do with you making your own way. Mm-hmm. So if those are rolls that are being made, then the item needs to have an associated label with it. Whether that is your bond with the item as a separate label, like the new uh, beta playbooks that are just coming out, yeah, or choosing one of the labels to really embody that item's uh, thing. Whether that is true for everybody, and it's like, hey, this is what makes you freaky, or if it's something that you're choosing as the player.
0: Yeah, I think it, because of the sort of wide variety of what I'm looking at in terms of being able to play, it would have to either be something like a generic bond with the item, yeah. or you choose a label. Yeah. I don't think, like, saying, dictating that everyone who plays the wielder has to have a savior relationship with their with their item.
1: I totally agree. Um, Venom, frankly, is not savior. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, Venom is my favorite, by the way, of the wielder archetypes, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh i just was looking at it and kind of thinking about some of the old Venom comics and uh 'cause 'cause Venom has been a has been an anti hero at a couple times. I love Venom.
0: It's so weird. It was a really weird thing to initially sit down and say, you know, Thor and Venom are really the same kind of hero. <laughs>
1: but but like I think there's a sense to that. I totally agree. Their story is about trying to live up to The pressures that is being put on them by something. Yeah. Because Thor, because frankly, Thor's story is not about beating something up. Because Thor is going to win. Like, he can take out Frost Giants on his own. Or or at least
0: when he is embodying the beliefs and and opinions of the hammer. Yeah. Then he's going to win.
1: Yeah. I just meant more like a simple story about Thor fighting somebody is boring. Yeah. Just like a simple story about Hulk fighting somebody is boring. Is Hulk a wielder? I don't think so. Uh, maybe. In he, a really abstract kind of way, yes. I could see that being a possibility just because he has Hulk basically telling him what to do and pushing him towards specific actions and Ooh. sometimes physically interfering and preventing an action from happening.
0: Yeah, the only thing is that that is that 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 thought process like that thing that's telling him what to do is coming from within him yeah rather than as an external thing that's true unless you wanted to say that the gamma gamma
1: radiation
0: well i was gonna say the purple shorts
1: oh yeah it's probably the purple shorts (laughs) that's a way more reasonable Um, take (laughs) yeah
0: i mean they are the thing that stay with him between the translation the
1: transition sometimes there are plenty of there are plenty of Hulk comics without the purple shorts. I don't know. I Planet Hulk. That,
0: uh, those aren't really Hulk comics, though. Yeah, Planet Hulk isn't With, a Hulk comic.
1: I mean, it's without the, World the shorts, World War though. Hulk Hulk comic.
0: So another thing that I had thought about yeah. was that I and because so I, this may be a a thing that I will uh, like a darling that I will have to leave behind. Okay. Um but initially when i had said about doing this i had thought that the relationship whatever like the the downside to this relationship uh would be like if you failed to embody the belief structure of the item yeah um that it would it would impact your character by inflicting conditions okay or that you could choose to mark a condition in some way. Like, basically, I wanted to play with conditions. Yeah. Because so many features and playbooks have things that move your labels up and down. Yeah. And I hadn't really seen a whole lot of things that played with conditions. And I liked the idea that a your item, this item is bullying you. And if you fail to, or if you fail in some way when when it's telling you you need to do this you need to go like tell this person the truth even if it's uncomfortable or you need to to fight this person that you know you're going to lose against yeah um that then you would the result of that is that you mark hopeless or guilty because you told someone that they didn't that that you uh, like you told the truth to your crush that you didn't think they looked very nice that day yeah, or something like that. And so you feel guilty because of that. yeah, And and that they would have to have some system that gave you conditions and then another system that cleared conditions. And that this would be a, a playbook where you were sort of gaining and losing conditions frequently.
1: I think that that's actually a really good take on it mm-hmm. and is really within the same sort of design space that I'm thinking of.
0: Cool, 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 cool. So that's good.
1: I think you and I are on the same path with that. I, I dig that a lot. So let's throw down an idea yeah. for a move that's connected to this bonded item, right? Like not like a move you choose from the list, but an actual move that is underneath this feature. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that the that move needs to be the. Um, assuming you have, assuming you have a list or something that is the, what is the the belief structure of the item? Yeah. That when you come up, when you come up against that belief structure, you do X move. Because I think that's, the, I think. Sorry, go ahead. I just think that's the core, like that's the core gameplay of that. The tension of this character is that they know sitting in the back of the head, they've got this item that grants them these powers, but they've got to, to act the way it chooses.
1: Or risk losing the powers, or whatever. I totally agree. I think that there's two moves here, though. And okay. I think that the move triggers about two seconds after you think the move triggers. Okay, tell so, me why and how. So here's how I think it works. Uh, and let me know, like, obviously this is your baby, don't, tell mm-hmm. me, don't let me tell you how to make it happen. Let's start, um, that's fine. Here's where okay. I see the question. Because the item coming in and telling you its opinion... Mm-hmm. is guaranteed. That's going to happen. We don't need to roll any dice, right? Like, it's going to tell you. And then the player is going to make a decision. So I think you need a move that is when you do it, something happens. Mm-hmm. And when you don't do it, or when you try not to do it, something happens. I think
0: that the result for both of those could be that you mark conditions. I actually that think could be. that That it may be that when you do it, you mark a condition. And when you try not to do it, you clear a condition. I don't know if it's that straightforward.
1: I don't know if it's that straightforward. Here is where I could see some fun coming up. If you do it, take a plus one forward for the situation. And Mm -hmm. add an additional consequence if you fail the roll. Okay. So, like, if you, uh, so, like, it tells you, go punch that guy, and you go, all right, and you go punch that guy, you're getting to roll with a plus one, because Mm -hmm. you are connected with your item, and you're having that moment of connection and power because of that, but if it fails, it's gonna be that much more painful.
0: Yeah, yeah well because thematically in that moment you are agreeing that the uh, that the that the methods and and beliefs of the item are the correct way to yeah. do things so and you have an external source that's reinforcing that belief structure um that you might have otherwise had and so when you fail it's that much more painful because you like you didn't just believe that was the right course of action you knew that it was
1: exactly so that's how i would put that um mm-hmm in terms of like the going for it. And I don't know whether it's more fun to put an additional marking of a condition on a nine minus or on a six minus. Um, but just because having that plus one is going to make it really likely that you are successful. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, having a six minus result that you had a plus one on, you know that the GM is going to be looking at that and going like, Ooh, I'm going to make a kind of harder move right there. Yeah. Um, and I think when you are rejecting it, you're making some kind of a roll, and probably on a 10 plus, probably on a hit, you are succeeding in not doing the action and maybe on a 10 plus you're not getting the negative effect of having done the action. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not of having done the action, you're not getting the negative effect Of the bullying from the item. I think there's also a possibility that this is a playbook that rolls plus conditions marked Mm -hmm. in terms Mm -hmm. of fighting against the wielded item. Because it kind of, that could kind of represent like you being backed up into a corner and just hitting the point that you say no and you fight back.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah, I can see that. Um it definitely I had always envisioned it being a playbook where if it if like again, if it if there is an extra if there is a mechanic that gives you or forces you to mark conditions, yeah. Then there also needs to be a mechanic that lets you clear conditions. Yeah, but like, this is just a playbook that has you marking and unmarking conditions constantly.
1: I could see giving in to the to the item being something that makes you clear conditions Mm -hmm. because you're justifying your behavior, right? Like, you're giving up your control to the item because you believe in the item on some level, and so it clears a condition because it isn't you that did that. You're taking back your... You're giving control back to the item so Mm -hmm. that you don't have to take responsibility anymore. And then you're rolling plus your conditions when you are standing firm and going like, yes, I'm angry, I'm afraid, I'm guilty, I'm hopeless, but I am taking myself back. I'm taking back who I am as a person.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I, w- I was thinking, um, I mean, the, so the only counter to that is that I could definitely see uh, a, a version of this where the uh, or the way this is playing out being something like you're facing off against a villain and you identify... An obvious weakness in the villain, or something yeah. like that, um, and the the item is pushing you to always tell the truth. So yeah. that in that moment, the item says, "Tell the villain about their weakness, mm. and don't lie to them, and don't abuse it." Okay. And so you, if you, if you went along with that item, if that action, um, or you would you would mark feeling guilty.
1: Okay. I can see um, that. I mean, like honestly, the thing is, with any playbook, there are a hundred ways they could be written. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So ultimately, it's deciding what you want to say about that kind of relationship. And, yeah. like, no matter what you say, there's going to be situations that you can come up with that don't fit the mechanics super well. And no matter what you say, there's going to be some discomfort in how these moves work. Because it is working with a really sensitive issue of bullying. And I think it's really important because it is doing that. And I think that that's an opportunity to write some really powerful, really great stories. I think
0: I have a better sense of the... When, you, when you're when you trying not to do what the item says. Okay. Because I I think that that jives really well with role plus conditions marked. Yeah, I think because, so too. Because that is the... Like you said, that's the... Whether or not those conditions were marked because because the of item the item. had you wield them or like had you mark them or whether those conditions were marked, yes, because the the item had you mark them, or because you just took a lot of damage in combat, or whatever, yeah, or like it, you just had to mark them because of circumstances in the story already. You are if if the if the conditions represent how close you are to the very edge of your character, that when you mark all of the conditions, you you lose narrative control, you panic, you freak out, you run away, you shut down, you can't participate in the story anymore for a little while, yeah, until you deal with those things then when you are there at the end and you have less than or you have like the more conditions you have marked the closer you are to the edge of what you feel comfortable with doing as a character and so that's the point where you as a character put take a stand and say no this is who I am I'm not going to do this thing that you are asking me to do I don't believe that you don't control me yeah um,
1: and that makes and for just a really cool to your story bully. moment too yeah because that yeah, gives you a moment where you're going like no venom we're not doing this. I like role plus conditions marked,
0: and when you su- so if you f- if you succeed at that role, you don't do the 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 action that the item tells you to do. Yeah. Oh, so it's on a hit you succeed at not doing it. On a ten plus, you successfully
1: uh, reject its its not uh, its influence, but um, I mean, you can decide if you want influence to be a part of this. I personally think that. That has been a little bit done with other playbooks, mm-hmm. and I think you don't necessarily need it.
0: No, I don't think so. I just meant sort of in a in a broader sense. Yeah, um, you reject it's. Um, I mean, you
1: could put on a on a hit. You hold your ground.
0: Yeah, tell it what
1: you're going to do or something.
0: Yeah, I could see the seven to nine being a sort of um, like act to prove them wrong type thing. Yeah. Um, or act immediately in however
1: way that you want. I think actually um, act to prove them wrong on any kind of hit is important mm-hmm. because I think that that ultimately is what it, is when that move triggers is when you try to act in a way to prove it wrong. Yeah, if that makes sense. So here's why I
0: think that maybe the that act to prove them wrong shouldn't be just part of the anytime you hit okay which is that like Reyes as the blue beetle um the blue beetle suit will tell him to do something and a lot of times that his optimal his optimal course of action there is not to attack the thing that he's being told to attack okay and so that's sort of like an inaction is what he's trying to achieve okay um and so I don't know if act to prove them wrong can be like hold your tongue or hide or whatever, uh, not engage in a fight. Yeah. Um. If, if that is sort of a is that if that is a a thing that we could consider acting, then I think it would work. Yeah. But otherwise, um, I think it's more, uh, you just you you don't act in the way that it wants you to.
1: Yeah. The reason that I was suggesting acting to prove it wrong, is that even if you're just saying something that forces the player to look at it and go, okay, I need to say something to this item or to someone in this situation. Because I, I tend not to like any result that basically says nothing happens.
0: That's fair. I
1: I like that. I agree. Um, like, like even in, even in the, um, take a powerful blow move, the six minus is not nothing happens. It's Mm -hmm. mark potential. And weather the blow, so something happened. Like yeah. you got hit. You it was serious, and you weathered it.
0: Yeah. So like so, even just having
1: a narrative thing to do at that point, I think is cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I can see how maybe the the act to prove it wrong is not a literal action, but is just a pause and maybe internally monologue with it and tell it how it how you're going to act. Absolutely. Um, And why it's wrong.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: So then what is the thing that happens when you do not, or when you like get that mild success of seven to
1: nine? I mean, it could be that it's giving you another condition. It could be that it is kind of turning down your powers for a little bit of time. Like maybe a minus one forward. Mm -hmm. Like there are some weird things you can do, like next time you use your powers, subtract one or next time you next time you try to use your powers, get a six minus result without rolling.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean that's harsh. Um, that's harsh for a seven yeah. to nine. But
0: yeah, I think
1: it should be that
0: should be on a six minus, on a six minus. Um, the next time you use your powers, take a take a. I don't know. If, I don't know how I feel about an automatic six minus.
1: Yeah, that, um, that that's something that's in some games. It's not in all games. I think um, the soldier has it actually. Hmm.
0: That's interesting because it just like that. Then that just sort of becomes a thing you have to burn on some action, and so you, it gives you the option to like burn it on some action you don't care about.
1: Yeah, I guess. I but I, the GM shouldn't let you roll if it's an action you don't care about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. admittedly, it is good to write games in ways that the GM isn't making that kind of call. <laughs> at least for d stuff. I just
0: think that saying you're gonna fail on your next roll is harsh. Is is harsh, but it also forces you to metagame a little bit and mm. think about: Is this the next role? Can I try to do something that's within my character uh, but that I don't mind failing at, so that I can just like use this up? Yeah, um, that's fair. But isn't like the important thing that I want to do? But I like the idea of maybe even like a, a take a negative two forward or a take a negative three forward or something like that.
1: Yeah, that works for me. What's
0: uh what's one of those moves that's like uh, I think it's take a powerful blow actually. That it that is the. Um, choose on a six to seven a seven to nine choose one from this list on a on a six minus choose from one of the worst list or take two things from the six to a seven to nine yeah
1: that's take a powerful blow on a 10 plus you have a worse list or you can choose two from the seven to nine mm-hmm.
0: and so i think that that might be what this kind of looks like okay where, and with, with options on the six minus being like lose your powers entirely okay um or with with the seven nine version being uh, reduced powers,
1: I was playing with the idea of a move, not like part of the the feature, but just a move that you can choose of an of adding a new condition mm-hmm. called disconnected, mm-hmm. which gives you a minus two to maybe to to counter the item Mm -hmm. basically it makes you a little bit more survivable but gives you the option of sometimes being so disconnected from your item that you can't that like it's just hammering you mentally when you try to do things on your own i do like the idea of a
0: move that adds another condition i think that's good
1: i think the newborn has that
0: Hmm, i'll look at that which i like that Yeah, so the newborn has a condition called damage. When you take it, you get an additional condition called damage, and when it it is marked, you get plus one to take a powerful blow. To clear the damage condition, you need time, external help, or special equipment.
1: Yeah, exactly. So to clear it, you have to do what it says.
0: Yeah, I like the idea that it being... um, Because if this is going to be a thing that you take... uh, that you that, that could be taken by another class. I like it kind of being a when you feel like it gives you another condition and then has a that is like disassociated. And when you feel like disassociated from your powers um or or mm, disconnected yeah. from your powers, um, then you have to use like a diminished version of your powers. Um and or you use yeah, you would be like a take a negative two to any any role that used your powers or something like that um narratively and you had to like give in to your
1: powers in order to to unmark it maybe something like give over control of your power in a horrible way mm-hmm. to unmark it kind of like that result from the take powerful blow yeah when when you're Cyclops and you rip off your your glasses and you just burn everything then you're like reconnected with your powers
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: and in this case that
0: would be how it sort of would function uh in a in a broader sense for other players yeah um for uh for the wielder that would fulfill the role um i had sort of like laid out some some i'd laid out some rough moves that i wanted to happen yeah and and i like the idea that one of the moves is like when you lose your item like you don't have it on you yeah um you mark disconnected or whatever. Like, if it, it decides it doesn't want to talk to you anymore.
1: Exactly. When, you, when you're when you Thor and you go and you try to pick up the Majolnir and nothing happens.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think we have a pretty good idea of the what happens when you try to reject your uh, the will of the item. Yeah. You're, you're, it's when you're, when you, when you stand up for yourself and don't act in the way that it wants, um, you're rolling plus conditions marked. And on a hit, you succeed at not doing it and act to prove them wrong on a 10 plus. You hold your ground on a seven to nine. You choose from the list of like, uh, acting with reduced powers, taking a negative one forward. Uh, that should be taking a negative one forward to dealing with, um, something to do with like dealing with the situation or the threat that it, that the item was taught telling you how to deal with. Yeah. Um, uh, to deal with the threat. Um, uh, give you mark. Have you mark a condition because maybe you 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 stood up for yourself and didn't do a thing, but you feel guilty about it, or you feel insecure, or you're not like really positive you you did the right thing. Yeah, and then on a six minus, you're looking at things more like taking negative three forward to dealing with that situation, losing your powers entirely, losing the device. Yeah, uh, I like um I like the losing the item, um where it just goes away. Uh, that I mean, that, that's really the same thing as losing your powers entirely.
1: You could um, play one thing that I haven't seen in any playbooks, and I've kind of wanted to see a little bit, is something that you cross out one of your abilities. So, like, ooh. not necessarily saying you lose the item, but like, if one of the abilities the item gives you is flight, you cross out flight. Yeah. Until X happens.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like the idea, because something that's very important to me, and that's one of the reasons why I have, like, uh, when I've laid out the rough labels for this this playbook, yeah. you're starting with a plus two mundane, because, yeah. uh, like, fundamentally, you are not a powered character. Yeah. <laughs> All of your powers come from this item, which is why it's important that you appease it from time to time. Exactly. Because, absent the item, you don't have powers.
1: Yeah, you are just a person.
0: Yeah, and so that would be cool. Yeah, having it cross out an ability, um, maybe until you embody the action that it tells you to. Yeah, or it told you to.
1: Yeah, I think that's what makes sense. This is coming along nicely. I'm liking yeah, this.
0: I like that. I like the so you kind of have this 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 um this feature section which has these two moves. where, when it tells you what to do, you mm-hmm. either do it and roll one move, or you stand up for yourself and do the other thing. Yeah. Um. And that a lot of those are keyed off of conditions marked. Yeah. Maybe actually, maybe on a 10 plus you uh, clear a condition maybe. Mm, that could be good. The So then the other, the other action, which I'm a little bit more fuzzy on, is kind of the what happens when you do it. Yeah. You just kind of give in to the action that it wants. Yeah.
1: Um, and I think that is going to be the one that... Maybe on a ten plus, you clear a condition if you if you do it. Yeah, like basically, it adds a ten plus and six minus additional thing if you are doing what it says.
0: Could the hmm, I wonder if this actually needs to be its own move. That could um, be, or if it should be a a a sort of a, like a, a framework that lays over another move. Yeah, because the action that you take is the the reject. Um, but when you are just going to do it, there's no move there. It's just the move that it's telling you to do or acting in the way that it wants you to do. Exactly. And, and sometimes that may be a move, but sometimes it may not be. Yeah. Because like telling
1: your crush the truth isn't
0: really a move.
1: It might be a provoke to get them to go out with you. Mm hmm. But I think you're right. It might not be a move.
0: It might also be a comfort and
1: support depending upon the situation.
0: So I don't know what that looks like now, then. Um, But I think that it's definitely, I think there is definitely a, if you do it, take a plus one forward. Yeah. Um, I think that's a solid part of that. Like if you are doing what the the thing wants you to do in that moment, then it's granting you extended power. Like the whole, like a, a big part of the Venom thing is like when you're doing what the Venom suit wants you to do. It gives you more powers, yeah. and like, you're not fighting against it. You're just giving in and working together as a team.
1: Yeah, you're working in sync, so you get that additional thing. It could also be take a plus one forward or clear a condition, mm-hmm. and then that gets rid of the problem of, uh, of actions that don't have roles associated with them.
0: Yeah, although I still need something that gives you more conditions. The seven to nine for rejecting has an option to give you a condition, yeah, but I wanted something that kind of forces you to take an extra condition
1: right it could be that some of the moves could be around that
0: yeah mark that's a true. condition
1: in order to do x
0: yeah. yeah 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 that's fair I like that um and these are more about handling I wonder if it's not take a plus one forward but take plus one forward for every condition you have marked
1: mm. or take a plus one forward for every condition you mark god which so means which means that you do not get a plus one unless you mark a condition
0: yeah and the more conditions you mark the bigger a a bonus you get but also mm-hmm. you're much closer to running out of conditions yep. um, which
1: also makes it more important to give it that disconnected option to give it an additional uh, way to have more conditions yeah, yeah you could yeah. also put take plus one forward for each condition you mark max Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I think I need to come back with, I need to think about some more situations where I might like, what are the things that it will be trying to, I think maybe, maybe that before we can really lock down the, what, uh, what do you do when it, when you follow the action it tells you to do is back up and think about what are the, the things that it might tell you to do.
1: Agreed. Yeah.
0: What is that trigger going to look like?
1: Because I think you could make it so that you're choosing a personality for the item that kind of gives you a list of things that will come up and you choose one or two from it. Or you could be choosing beacon style from a big list. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. you could be doing newborn style and writing in the things that it wants you to do.
0: Yeah, I actually kind of think that I could see this being very similar to the, um, the Doom has a yeah, uh, a thing that causes you to mark your doom track whenever you do one of the following things, like face danger alone or overexert yourself. Yeah. And I think it could be more like that, where it's like, um, that might be part of it. Maybe that might not be the actual, uh, what does it want you to do, but the, the triggers to that. Yeah. Like, you have to deal with the thing whenever you tell a lie or run from a fight or... Uh, mm. back down or don't stand your ground or something like that.
1: That could be. That could also work.
0: Yeah, I like that as a um as a, a list of things that you're choosing from.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, and and that that doesn't tell you necessarily. Well, that might tell you what because those are sort of the abstractions of uh truths and beliefs that it might have. Yeah, and so you it might be that it like. That it, yeah, I, I have to work out what exactly those would look like, but that might be the best way to do that. Like choose two or three uh, things that it wants you to believe in. Truth, yep. justice, and the American way, or friendship, <laughs> or or
1: whatever. Yeah, I mean, you could also do some things that, um, like if you look at the, the Janus, it has uh, kind of categories for what your obligations are like. Mm-hmm. And so you could have like, you could divide it up into some categories to kind of, Just get your mind around it. Yeah. And you choose a total of three of them. So maybe you have like primal do X, do X, do X, do X.
0: I like that a lot, actually, where you have the uh, you have doom style triggers, but broken up into sort of secret identity obligation lockout like things.
1: Yeah. So you might have like the thing that wants you to be like maybe honorable is one of Mm -hmm. them. And then it has like the five actions that are honorable.
0: Yeah, um, and so that whenever those come up, then it's going to push you to act in a certain way. Yeah, always tell the truth. Always stand up for yourself. Um, never run away. That sort yeah. of thing. Which will then nicely trigger with like if you mark all your conditions and have to run away,
1: then that will have an additional consequence. Yeah, which is great. great, and
0: that's that's, that's great. Nice, some nice water falling. Yeah. So I think we might be getting to the end of this episode.
1: We might be at that point, actually, I think. But uh, I feel like Man, we did some, some good work. Time flies. That was a quick <laughs> episode to record. Yeah, it did. Um, we need to do some more playbooks. Playbooks are fun.
0: Yeah, maybe that. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, let's just leave it at that. I think we got a good, a g- good amount of work done on this playbook. I think that you and I ended up on a pretty similar wavelength, which was nice. Yeah. Um, I have done some work on this, and I'll I'll try to refine some of those words and uh, and and uh, moves, and maybe we can come back to this in another couple episodes
1: or when I'm feeling a little bit more uh sure about where this is. Yeah, I think that would be great because I think also there's something to be said for doing an episode where we look at the individual moves. And mm-hmm. kind of ask the question, are these working? Um, yeah. And so like, what you have left to do on this is you have to fill in, look, you have to come up with the abilities, hit the moment of truth, that, which is pretty easy. The team moves, which can be a little fiddly, the wi- the moves in general, uh, mm-hmm. then come up with kind of the narrative backstory when our team first came together, relationship sort of things. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, that's easy. I think I have those. Yeah, those,
1: are, those I think should fall into place pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm excited. I think that that is a new feature that is really different from other things, but I don't think it will be so fiddly that it's game-breaking, and I think it will hopefully be appealing enough that people will want to go for it.
0: Yeah, and will hopefully (laughs) let me my, like, stupidly wide range of characters that I might want to play with this. (laughs) Because literally I've got everything from this. I should post this list of things that I want to play. Because it's just everything from Venom to Yu-Gi-Oh to King Arthur to the Power
1: Rangers. The best thing on the list is that King Arthur is immediately before Yu-Gi-Oh.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Ghost Rider and the and the Sailor Moon is on there. Um oh, Witchblade, that is a blast from the past. <laughs> yep. Witch Witchblade was really the beginning of this. Why? Cause that's a that's a wielder. They are Witchblade is about a lady who has a magical item that tells her how to live her life.
1: Am I thinking of the wrong thing?
0: It was a TV show for a while.
1: Oh, I I, no, I'm, I was thinking of the wrong thing. I, I do not have any knowledge or beef against Witchblade. I'm oh. sorry for, for throwing shade <laughs> on Witchblade right there.
0: Witchblade is, a, is about an NYPD detective lady who has this, like, gauntlet that turns into a, a sword and armor and stuff. It's famous for being, like, a lot of, in that era of, of having a lot of scantily clad women okay, see,
1: um, with, like, minimal armor. I was thinking of a similar but different thing, which is about a witch that is uh, famous for being in scantily clad armor. Uh, Mm. It's a different comic. (laughs) Probably, (laughs) my guess is it's from that same era. It's super, super 90s, early 2000s sort of thing. I thought it was that. And I was going to, first off, that doesn't really work for that comic, whatever the heck the name of it is. No. Uh, And secondly, it is a bad comic. Don't at me. (laughs) well tarot the tarot are. that's what it, it tarot it's a bad comic don't uh, at me okay yeah don't at me but if you do want to at me you can find me on twitter at stop back and roll or individually i'm at dr captain Cobalt. i'm
0: at and the meltdowns you can find all of our episodes links to some of the games we've been working on um and other random stuff at www.stopbackandroll.com
1: you can email us at James or Brandon at stopbackandroll.com. I know I've got an email or two that are outstanding, so I'm going to try to get back to those this week. Sorry, folks.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, please, please, please rate and review us on on iTunes and whatever other uh, uh, podcast reviewing site sites you can find, um, because that helps us pop up on searches and and in the like listeners who listen to this podcast also might be interested in this things list which helps people find us which helps grow our community which means we can have a cool time with
1: more people we make this podcast with the support of patreon backers like Brower, jimmy rogers richard krautslandry zoe rich anthony nomorosa chad owen riverhouse games mike fielding rob harvey randy lubin alice tobin izzy sanders robert kosick Declan Chadbourne, da Fool Dude, Troy Pitchelman, Blake Ryan, Michael Bowman, Rob Abrazzato, and Nora Blake. That list has gotten so long and wonderful and overwhelming. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I don't even know where to breathe in it, and thank you all so much. You yeah. really make this so po- much more possible than it ever would be.
0: If you'd like to uh, join that big list of names to back us on Patreon uh, and help support this show and all future shows, um, you can check us out on Patreon.com
1: slash Stop, and Roll. Yeah, because legit, I want to get into this Twitch game. Uh, if you can't support us financially, though, don't worry about it. Come support our community and become a part of it. Uh, just being involved and having the exchange of knowledge and information and ideas is really just projects us forward when we're making these different things. Uh, one great way to do that is to join our Discord at tinyurl.com slash or discord and roll dot com.
0: So when you are uh, out in the woods and you see a magical deck of cards stuck in a block of stone, and you're trying to draw the the believe your believe in yourself and in the heart of the cards to to summon the power from that magical item, uh, don't forget to stop hack and roll.